Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley, and joined for some more draft discussion today by Jared Brown. Jared, thank you for coming on the show. How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Doing well. Obviously, Dallas just eliminated officially. Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Congratulations to them. The season is officially over, which means not only are we into the offseason, we are exactly one week away from the NHL draft. So I'm looking forward to it. AJ, how are you feeling about it? Uh, well, I was feeling a little bit better until we woke up today and found out that Colorado is now picking 25th instead of 24th. Yeah, we. I guess we can start there. Uh, the Avs officially moved down to the 25th spot because they decided to award meaningless division championships, I suppose. Yeah, so they made a whole thing when the regular season ended about being like, these are your division champs. And then when it came to draft time, they were like, well, there were no division champs, so points percentage, whatever. It's fine. It is what it is. That's not exactly here what we're talk- here to talk about. We're here to talk with Jared about his take on the draft. So, Jared, since we're already in the, in the building of the 25th pick, who you got going to the Avalanche? Let's start there. Well, uh, for... Colorado is a really interesting spot. They've uh, they put themselves in just based off of um, the depth they've surrounded their team with. I mean, on defense, I don't think they need to absolutely draft a defenseman at all. I mean, Kale McCarr is going to be a Norris candidate for years to come. Uh, the Bowen Bo Byram, I mean, when they drafted him fourth overall and they had McCarr coming up for this year, it's ridiculous. So, I think it then shifts to a lot of forward uh, prediction. You know, I think you, uh, you look at who they can grab for some extra depth. Um, I look at one guy in particular for them, and I think it, it's a hit or miss pick because he can either go in the top 15, depending on how some teams value him, or he could slip as late as out of the first round. And that player is Noel Gundler, uh, plays out in Sweden, late birthday, uh, just a fantastically skilled, talented offensive player. Uh, he's got some inconsistency issues. Uh, there's been some reports about attitude issues. But one thing I look about with him and why I think he'd be a good fit for Colorado is I look at the captain, Gabriel Landeskog. He's a country mate, Swedish. Can he maybe train or teach a little bit more professionalism into Gundler off of the rumors that have been reported? I like Gundler there. I also like Maverick Bork out of out of uh, Shawinigan in the QMJHL. He's a versatile guy. He can he normally is a natural centerman, but I think he's going to be more of a uh, a winger at the NHL level just based off his size. But he's a guy who can open up a lot of ice due to his skating, and that's what the Colorado Avalanche did so well in. And you know, you look at a guy like McKinnon and. Even Tyson Jost, I really like him and his speed and uh, the feistiness he can bring to the forecheck. That's something Maverick Bork can also bring. So another person on the realistic list of the Avs probably taking a forward in that range. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that does seem to be the case. 
With someone like Gunler, it certainly seems if he is there, uh, there's a bet on talent to say the least for the Avs if they want to go for a high end type of player. So for I sure. do like the pick. I mean, Kid obviously has a great shot and has the potential to be, I guess, pretty darn close to what you could call a modern day power forward. I agree. I agree. And I, uh, I, I think when I when I look at Gunler, I, I mean. I look at someone who's got so much potential and his ceiling is a lot higher than some of the other picks uh, around him. And so that's where, look, I think Colorado's in a spot where they could take a riskier pick because their farm system is pretty deep already. And uh, their cap situation is fine. They're not like other teams that maybe need to draft someone who's going to come in sooner than later for them, hopefully. So, you know, you pick your poison if you're going to take a high-risk pick, but, you know, if it turns into a high reward, you look like a uh, you look like a genius. You know, with um, – <clears throat> so Colorado doesn't have a second-round pick, and they only have two picks in the top 100. Do you think that that gives them any kind of additional pause on taking a high-risk, high high-reward guy like Gundler? Or do you think they might be more inclined to play it safe so that they can feel like they maximize – their chances to not have a wasted draft class. That definitely could be the case. Um, I think it all really depends on what their, um, their view is and their war room come the draft day. Uh, if they do want to play that safe, I think, uh, like I said, with their prospect pool, I think they're in a fine position to play it a little bit riskier if they want to. Another thing actually I should mention about this draft is that, it's a little bit of a closer and, and a deeper draft near the end of the first round. So with them only having that, those two picks in the top 100 or whatever it's, uh, whatever it is, uh, there could be the possibility they trade down for maybe a player they don't like. Maybe uh, let's say they are looking at Gundler and maybe he goes 20th. Uh, so then they lost their man uh, and then they lost their, their second option. They could then say, "All right, we're going to trade down. We'll get, a, you know, get two picks. We'll get a second round. We'll get a, we'll get two seconds, maybe one in this year's draft and one in next year's draft for their 25th overall pick. That could be the option. I, uh, so, I think you know they can play it safe. They can play it risky. I think they're just in a great spot with how they've drafted and developed that team. I'm actually a huge fan of Colorado and how they're looking for the future." team just announced to be the cup favorites for next year with Tampa Bay at plus 850 abs at plus 800. So easy team to love right now. That is, I actually have not seen that. Wow. That's uh, I, and you know what? I'm not surprised. I mean, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody that paid attention uh, to, to the abs in this postseason outside of a handful of abs fans that insist on being mad about everything. Um, they knew that the abs were right there. I mean, when you lose a second round series on your third string goaltender, you know, you're, you're not games, no less. You're not far off. Like the, I mean, the, their third string goalie went two and one in the postseason. I mean, come on. I still, I still think if uh, Grubauer didn't get hurt, they beat Dallas. They're in the cup final. Um, Yeah. I think that's our, that's certainly how I feel is that, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like dismiss Vegas. Um, I don't know what that series would have looked like, but I would have felt real good going into it. I don't, I would not have felt good going up against Tampa Bay, regardless of health. I thought Tampa Bay was just the best team out there, but it's certainly, 
this is going to be one of those this is going to be one of those what if years where you really you really look back on it and it's like so i'm i i hear you i i was not shocked when those odds came out just a few I do, months ago i do agree though um that whoever dallas vegas or colorado whoever was going up against tampa bay this year it was just not going to happen I, that tampa bay team was built in every single way to win yeah, and they're gonna be they're they're gonna have to make some tough choices in the offseason because they don't have any money and they have a bunch of big time RFAs and they don't have a defense. The, the, all of their defense is pretty much unsigned except for McDonough and Hedman. So it's gonna be, they're gonna have a really interesting offseason and they're gonna have some serious losses. Um, I agree which, with that. You know, which we'll we'll see how they we'll see how they manage it. We'll see, you know, who they can try and dump the Alex Kalorns of the world on, but it's uh, you know, drafted. I I bringing it back to the draft. I am curious how the draft day. You know, part of the appeal of of having the draft the way that the NHL does it, which is unlike any of the other leagues, is that all of the front offices and heavy hitters are in a confined space together for every single team. And that just creates that natural opportunity for movement, both via draft picks and players. Every year we see big player trades take place at the draft. With it being virtual this year, I'm really curious how much that impacts teams' willingness to to kind of move and shake a little bit. Uh, it will be interesting for sure. I, I, it's definitely not going to have the same element that it has uh, every year as the draft floor. Um I think it's going to be a busier draft or a busier, busier on the trade front for the draft. Uh, just mainly because I think a lot of teams are going to need to move out players to accumulate for salary cap reasons. Obviously we have a flat cap now for probably the next two to three years because of uh, COVID-19. Right. So I think uh, teams are going to have to get creative to sign the players they want or re-sign the players they want to keep. Uh, so I think there's definitely an element that it's not going to feel the same, but uh, I'm curious to see how it will pan out as well. If there's going to be a lot of, I mean, most of the time we have a lot of trading of picks down. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to happen because that seems like it's more or less you're on the draft floor and you hear, Oh, you, we hear Ottawa's taking Ascroft at number five or something like that. So you know, our guy's going to be there at number six or whatever. We don't need to trade down. So I don't think you're going to be able to get that because everyone's going to be in their own war rooms in their own, uh, yeah. their own How city. Many backroom zoom calls are we going to have going on during this draft? Well, a lot. <laughs> It'll be interesting. AGMs and GMs on cell phones, like hitting up uh, different teams and they've, cause you know, they, uh, every, every year you see them, they're on the draft floor. They've got the one telephone that they all use to conduct that business. And now it's like, they're going to be sitting in war rooms. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of chaotic. Well, it wasn't, uh, I think it was Kyle Dubas had the picture last year of him. He was on the phone with the, the phone you're talking about that conducts everything on the draft floor. And then he had his like cell phone on the other ear and he was just dual fisting at that time. I mean, that was a, uh, that was a great capture. But yeah, now it's going to be interesting, and they're going to be talking on the phone. They're going to have to make sure they mute themselves on their Zoom calls, or their uh, their GM's <laughs> going to think they're talking to them, but they're actually trying to work out a trade. 
Oof, just thinking I, about that. I I always like to think that that Dubis picture that he was like on his cell phone. He was actually helping with like math homework, and it was totally not draft related at all. Like it was like a life thing where he was just like doing them both at the same time. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has that look of just an absolute business student. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, just him, uh, you know, helping someone out, maybe helping his uh, cousin or, you know, uh, nephew out with some uh, math problems. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so draft related anyway, uh, but yeah. bringing this back around, um, you are and more of an OHL guy. Yeah. Um, good year for that. Good, good year for that league, huh? Not too bad. I mean, uh, that top 10 looks pretty friendly for uh, the OHL. I think it was, uh, uh, I think last year was a bad year, 2019. I, man, I, that, that's when you know you don't remember. I'm blanking. I know Ryan Suzuki was one of my favorites, but he didn't go until like 26th, 28th to Carolina. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad year for the OHL last year, but this year is a, uh, it's a comeback season and uh, you know, there's a lot of these, like uh, really the, the two standouts Byfield and Drysdale uh, from the OHL. Those are the two big guys, but they had such high hopes from their minor midget days. I remember watching them when they were playing minor midget, you know, Byfield with the York Simcoe express uh, and Drysdale with the Toronto Marlies and the AAA clubs. And they, they just looked like future NHLers right then and there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great year for the OHL and, you know, we'll see if the OHL can come back to, you know, what they're, they normally, uh, have in place with, with Drysdale, why is he the top defenseman this year? I think the reason why Drysdale is mainly like he, so there's really only two top defensemen. It's a really forward heavy first round. Um, him and Jake Sanderson of the USA, uh, he, I think Drysdale has him on skating, hockey IQ, uh, just the way he can d- conduct the offense from the blue line. Uh, not to mention, I mean, going back to the skating, his transitional ability is next to none. And I, I, I compare it to the likes of Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. I don't know if he's going to be able to get to that level. And I mean, that's saying something because Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are still, you know, just going to be entering their second seasons. But Drysdale has that skating ability and he has that, you know, agility and he has the elusiveness and slipperiness to just make himself go up the ice in a flash. And you're thinking, how did he get by me? Uh, The way he can just conduct himself offensively and control the puck, control the pace of play is next to none. And I love Jake Sanderson, who I think we had ranked a ninth or so in our final rankings. And I just think, you know, Sanderson's offensive ability is a little bit lower than Drysdale. I still think they're going to be top pairing guys, but I think Drysdale has a really good shot of becoming a number one defenseman for an NHL franchise. 
All right. We do need to take our first period break on that note and recognize Breckenridge Brewery. Look, if you're coming to Colorado and you haven't tried Palisade peaches, it's something that you just absolutely need to do. And now you can do that with a Breckenridge brew. Uh, the Palisade Peach Wheat Ale is their new one on the way. You will be able to get it on tap here soon at the DNVR bar. Or you can always go down to the farmhouse down in Littleton and get it right from the source. They do have limited seating available socially distance or you can get pickup curbside from noon to 8 p.m. when you call 303-803-1380 and use code DNVR to save $5 when you pick up. And of course our gaming sponsor WGT Golf, another amazing one for us. Just finished up our tournament. I actually don't know who the winners were off the top of my head but if you did pretty well be sure to check in because you may have won a lot of money for yourself. I didn't win any money. My score was not even good enough to make the leaderboard. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where that is. But if you're good at digital golf, WGT Golf, search for DNVR3, the clubhouse. We're almost full there, but we have tournaments every single weekend. So come join us and have a bunch of fun. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook here with Jared Brown, head scout of the draftprospecthockey.com. I want to stick with the OHL here, uh, but move it back towards the end of the first round. A couple of guys that maybe could go in the Avs range. You have Jacob Perot, uh, Tyson Forrester, and Jan Meshack as the forwards. And then I'm curious if you can sell me on Ryan O'Rourke or not. So <laughs> Ryan O'Rourke, this, I mean, I, I am a big fan of him because he plays that older, uh, old fashioned style hockey. Um, but he's just straight defensive oriented. You know, he takes care of his own zone first before thinking of offense. That's not to say he's a, uh, you know, a slouch when it comes to his offensive capabilities, but, I just think he doesn't have that offensive skill set yet. Maybe he can develop it. Maybe he can shine in his draft year uh, plus one in this upcoming season. But I, I don't see it. That's why, personally, I didn't have him ranked in the first round. Other than that, the maturity, the poise, the defensive game that he brings is very solid and already at a pro level that I, I think he he can – get there. I just need the offensive ability. That's my take on him. For the others, Jacob Perot is one of the more interesting prospects coming out of the OHL this year because he's an absolute natural goal scorer. He's got an unbelievable shot, great skill, underrated playmaker. Uh, He's a good skater, but inconsistencies have, you know, lowered his draft stock. It's caused for a bit of concern that's on some viewings, but if he can nick those in the butt, I mean, this Jacob Perot, he can be one of the best offensive players to come out of this draft class. But uh, I would say Jacob Perot is actually a good option for the Colorado Avalanche at their 25th overall pick. Um, that's more of a option if Gundler or Mysick go before um, if Mysick or Gundler are there at 25, I think they should grab them. I think they should get Mysick first, 100% before Gundler. Uh, Mysick 
I, I, I would love to see him a full year in the OHL because he's just, a, you know, a speedy, skilled winger. He can play center. He's a versatile guy. He can play in all situations. I don't think there's any problem with him as an all situations player. Uh, I, and, you know, I think Marsic, if he came over to play in the OHL at the start of the year, he'd be ranked top 15. Interesting. Uh, definitely not the vibe I got in my viewings of him, but I, maybe I just need to watch a little bit more of him. So <clears throat> I want to go back to O'Rourke real quick. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> if he was a flavor of ice cream, what would he be? Oh, here we go. A flavor of ice cream. Yeah. Vanilla. <laughs> I'm hoping that's the answer you're looking for. Just the point I was trying to make. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with O'Rourke at all. But when I look at him, I look at more of a steady defenseman who will have a long NHL career, but he's only going to be impactful, I think, on one side of the ice. And uh, yeah. I mean, and that's, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but is that worth giving a first round? Is that worth taking in the first round? Yeah is the question I have with him. That's that's where I've struggled with him is yep. that like I don't I don't have any like strong objections to his game. I don't have any you know, I'm not sitting here hating on him. Uh I just the upside is a question for me and when you're talking about a first round pick, it feels like if you pick that guy in the first round and that's your but if you have three first rounders, I have no issue with it at all. If you want to go with that guy as your 100%. third guy. But if you only have one first round pick and you don't pick again until 75, I really I would struggle with that one because <clears throat> it feels like you're really limiting the upside of your own draft class when you do that. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, I actually want to go back to a player um, that you were talking about that I didn't allude to is Tyson Forrester yeah. of the Barry Colts. Um we asked. We actually just recently did a uh, mock draft over at Draft Pro uh, that we're hopefully going to release soon before October sixth, the draft. Um, and I had uh, Tyson Forrester, I believe, go before Colorado, but I wanted him to go to Colorado because it would have been a perfect fit for him. Uh, I think one thing with Tyson Forrester that a lot of people are going to need to keep in mind, and is that. He just keeps improving. And when you see someone that keeps jumping up in rankings and all that, or, or, or mainly just his play, like he just keeps improving. I should more allude, allude to that. His play improves every year and every game. And I just think he is one of the most versatile forwards in this class. And he can also, at the end of the day, score you goals. He can set you up plays. I think he just needs to improve his skating a little bit because it can look a little bit too upright. But there was some clips of him on Twitter recently showing that he was improving it over the summertime. So if he if his skating improves to the point where it can make him a factor off the rush, we're going to have you know a, a guy who could really make a top six group a lot better. And with Colorado... You know, with the with the guys that they already have on hand, who they expect to keep around for a while. You know, McKinnon, Landis, Granton, and probably Burakovsky. New hook on the way. The intriguing thing with Forster is that you're not asking him to be a superstar. 
You're not asking him to carry your offense. You're asking him to come in and do what he does well. And then obviously add to his game. You'd love for him to improve the skating. You'd love for him to continue to, to, to improve the all around offense. But if you can just get him in there and set him up to, to, to fire pucks away, you're going to put him in a position to succeed and you're going to feel pretty good about that pick. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's a, that's an area that again, Colorado's just put themselves in just so beautifully, you know, they can go out and they can acquire someone who they think, Hey, if he really improves, he could be a nice top six steal for us at the end of the day. If not, we got a bottom six guy who's going to contribute if injuries, whatever, or, you know, just someone that's going to provide us depth scoring, which I mean, I think Nathan McKinnon can do it all himself, but at the end of the day, sometimes you'll need a little bit of help in that bottom six. You know, if he becomes a bottom six guy, uh, he's it's easy to see him have a career kind of like a Jamie McGinn where, you know, the, the upside is limited, kind of but guy, a yeah. guy, a guy with a really nice shot that can contribute a handful of goals to you every year and is, and just adds an, a, a dynamic element to your bottom six that you may otherwise not have. He's also another thing about Forster is he's a pain in the rear. <laughs> he is uh, not afraid to lay the body. Keep in mind, this is a guy who grew three inches, by the way, after he was drafted in uh, Barry. I think he was like 5'10", 5'11", when he got drafted. He's now 6'1", and, you know, he's got NHL size right now. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, he can play. He can, he'll can. he stick up for his teammates. He'll finish his checks. He forechecks hard. You know, he can play that bottom six role. So Yeah, the, the interesting thing you mentioned about growing three inches in just those couple of years, you know that that's going to have an impact on that skating, too. Because when he stops growing and he starts to get settled into like his pro frame and and he's actually like, hey, I'm the same size every day. It's going <clears> to, <throat> I think it's going to help him with that because we see it and certainly we see it in the NBA a lot. You know, those guys have, I mean, those guys have like seven or eight inch growth spurts where you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? <laughs> but you see guys, you know, especially in today's NBA where you see these taller players they're they're trying to figure out how to play in in dimensions that they're uncomfortable with, and so when you have a growth spurt like that, you go from a an undersized five eleven guy, maybe not undersized but like average sized, and then all of a sudden you're six two. That's going to impact everything that you do. I agree. Yeah, and I think uh, that that's the biggest thing that probably held back his skating uh, is just developing into you know <laughs> his new size. So I think for his case, he's probably hoping he stops growing so he can just focus on perfecting his stride and skating ability. <clears throat> and, and at six two, it's like okay, you're good. You're yeah. the perfect. You're the perfect size to come in and, and be that guy. You know, if you have you have a physical element to your game, you're not worried about really any of the defensemen that are going to be out there. You know, obviously a six six guy is going to scare anybody, but there's such a small number of those guys out there especially in the NHL, that it's like, okay, well, that's fine. You'll take your chances with that guy. But at 6'2", with a power game and a great shot, I mean, Forster is hes one of those guys we haven't talked a ton about, but he's always, in every time we have a conversation about this pick, he's always a name that just, like, lurks. It's yeah. It gets hard to separate because there's so many shooters in this range between Perot, yeah. Gunler, Forster, Brisson, a lot of guys that put pucks in the back of the net. 
Yeah, it uh, it's very goal scoring heavy. I mean, I think I said earlier on the the show it was a very forward heavy first round, and again, it's a very shooter mentality first round. Uh, just the guys you said there, they're all known for scoring. They're all known for their goal scoring. Um, you know, I just think if really, if you're a later, you're picking later in the first round, you're looking for goal scoring, you're set up perfect. It's, it's interesting because Colorado just historically doesn't draft a lot of those guys. They don't like we, we've been talking, uh, what is this? my sixth draft that I've covered um, as part of the media. And every year we talk about the need for them to add guys who have great shots, like just goal scorers. Every year we talk about it. And last year when they took Bocage was the first time that I could remember in a long, long time that they had taken somebody who's like number one attribute was goal scoring ability was the shot. (laughs) And then like put all the other pieces together and now they're in this position in this draft class where we're talking about tons of these guys who it's like, oh, well, their feet aren't very good or their effort is questioned, you know, the the work ethic, whatever, right? But the shot is like the one thing that you can count on with a bunch of these different guys. I, I'm curious to see if they just do it, they just pull that trigger, or if they continue to find reasons to take other guys. I think the other thing is, uh, you know, any inconsistencies or effort concerns that can be fixed, that can be coached, that can be helped out by a veteran player. So, you know, those ones are, you know, kind of easier to maybe duck your head on, you know, and just kind of say, oh, I'm going to look past that. I'm going to look at purely their skill and goal scoring ability. It feels like if you're if you're going to do that, Jacob Perot's got to be the guy. It's a good chance, yeah. I just think um, it, it's tough. I mean, the the 15 to 30 range, it's going to be – I don't think it's set in stone by any means. I think it's all over the place. Uh, and, you know, we'll see. But uh, at the end of the day, I think Colorado, they can go with – Brisson, Forrester. I mean, my my number one picks for them are are Mysick, and I would do Gundler. Yep. We do need to take our second period break on that note. And DraftKings Sportsbook is the main sponsor of this podcast. With it doing so well in the first three weeks of the football season for week four, DraftKings is bringing back their can't-miss offer where you can bet $1 and earn yourself 100 bucks If you are a new user, just bet on any football team. And if they win, that's 100 to 1 odds for you. An easy cash count to jump on, especially if you think there's a big mismatch this week. So jump into DraftKings Sportsbook and take advantage of that. Of course, you can always bet on hockey once it comes back. Actually, you can bet on the European leagues now over there too. So if you want to bet on those, go yes. crazy. Uh, basketball as they're starting to get into their finals as well and all sorts of crazy stuff too like table tennis uh, regular tennis racing 
golf, you name it. You can bet on anything. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that fantastic offer of betting $1 on any football team. And if they win, you get 100 bucks. Again, use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Profit boost terms and conditions, as well as eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Jared Brown. Interested to see if you have any picks in the late first, or at least general consensus ranked late first, that you think teams should avoid is there anyone that's ranked a little bit too high uh for uh my uh, i don't we don't have him in the first round but i've seen him around a lot of first rounds uh jeremy poyer from the st john's sea dogs um i just think he's such an offensively gifted defenseman but i did a lot of cross scouting uh, for the QMJHL this past season as well for Draft Pro. And um, I have to say I was unimpressed with his work ethic and his attention to detail on the defensive side of things. Um, it, it's just, you know, shocking. And it, it made me think, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, think the play a little bit, you know, both ways and not just offense, which I think that's his mindset. He just thinks strictly offense. And uh, so he's a guy where he's the biggest high risk, high reward uh, pick in the draft. And I would probably, I I would avoid him in the first round. Um, Other than that, I'm trying to think, I I think uh, Zion Nybeck, uh, who I think we had him ranked 32nd. I think the size and the skating is a bit of a concern you know, when you when you're someone who's about five eight, now he's got a good he's got a good body mass. I mean, I think he's around 175 pounds, and he is pretty sturdy on his skates. He's a little bit harder to knock off for someone who is five eight, but for someone who's five eight as well, I mean, he's gonna have to develop a little bit of better straight line speed. He's gonna be a bit quicker, a little bit faster, or else he's gonna phase out, and he could become a, a case of a, a Pontus Aberg. A- you know, that's a guy who had all the skills to play in the NHL, but work ethic wasn't there. And, you know, skating was kind of there. It kind of developed, but it's not that big. Nybeck is a guy I wouldn't take in the first round. And Poirier would, I mean, I, I'm staying away from Poirier. I wouldn't take Poirier at all. Yeah, I wouldn't even yeah. put him on my list. Yeah, I think he's a red flag for me. That's, you know, it's... I mean, if he slips all the way to the fourth round, sure, <laughs> but that's uh, it's just too many concerns. And, you know, I have a lot of Ryan Merkley vibes from him. Yeah, I tell you, um, he reminds me of Merkley in, in some ways, but some of the scouts that I have talked to, uh, some of the people that I've talked to in the Avs organization over the years, I never got a more negative reaction than when I brought up Ryan Merkley, where they just it was like the last thing that anybody wanted to address. It was so, I, it was so bizarre. It was, it was like, Oh my gosh, like what has this kid done? He, <laughs> I mean, you just watch him play and you could kind of be like, you know, I, I don't like 
you know, bad mouthing prospects or anything like that. But sure. I mean, there, 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 there comes a time where you're looking at a play and you're like, or you're not even a play, I should say more body language and attitude is the biggest thing where you're kind of like, wow, that is unbelievable. Like you don't expect that from a guy who is, he knows, you know, that you have NHL scouts coming to your games to watch you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was, I mean, there was a play with Ryan Merkley. I, I'll never forget this because I thought it was so bizarre. He's chasing back for the puck. Uh, and he's got a, I think it was a North Bay Battalion player on his, you know, right behind him. And the guy is just stick tapping his pants to obviously probably get a reaction out of Merkley because he knows Merkley's a hothead and he's got a temper. And so Merkley had enough of it. He gave up on the puck, didn't even care about the puck anymore, turned around, choked up on his stick, and two-handed the guy right into his shins. And then the guy ended up skating around him, getting the puck, and getting a shot on net. He didn't score, but I wanted that guy to score so bad because I thought, I have never seen that in professional or junior professional hockey. That is a house league play. Yeah. That's that's pretty wild. I I would have been rooting for that guy to score too, yeah. for sure. Um, I, I did want to take a little bit of a deeper cut here into the draft too, and and see what your thoughts were. Abs obviously don't have a second round pick, so after the first, you know, barring a trade back or something like that, their next pick isn't until seventy five. Are there any kind of later round, third round guys that that you really like to go in that range? There's a guy out in the OHL that I really like. Uh, Tyler Tulio is a player I do really like. I think he will be a winger in the NHL. I think he's uh, slotted as a center, but uh, he mainly played wing all throughout his OHL career um, with the Oshawa Generals. Uh, he's a buzzsaw type of player. He's uh, like just got that intense work ethic. High, you know, he pushes the pace for his line. May not be the most skilled, but he definitely has a good enough skill set to produce with uh, the the top lines in the OHL. Um, another case with him, and I think what's it's what holds him back from being in the top 60 is his skating. And again, it goes back to like someone like Zion Nybeck. When you're a bit of a below average size player and your skating is maybe just at least average, it's going to hurt you a bit. So I think that, but I do like Tulio. And I, again, I think skating is something that can be taught. It can be improved on. And so I like him there. I also like Jack Finley. The, this goes to the opposite spectrum. I mean, this is a guy who's 6'6", 6'5", and Tulio's 5'10". But I like Finley because I think he's a little bit more of a mature player. Yeah, he's very reliable, steady, and steady as a 200-foot centerman. Uh, his offensive game is not flashy by no means, but I think Jack Finley is a guy who's going to go on to have an NHL career as a third, fourth line center. Uh, those are two of my probable best options for them. Avs have a bit of a history of picking lower upside big dudes in the third round, so that might be a decent bet with Finley. <laughs> Probably will be. Um, all right, so just kind of continuing to, to look through the rest of this draft, uh, the big question for everyone in the top 10 is where do you put the goaltender in Askarov? Do you believe this is a top 10 type of guy? 
sometimes hard to get views of him over in Russia, but it, it's a really interesting conversation on if it's ever worth taking a goaltender in the top 10. I think with a guy like Askarov, there's an exception. Like there was an exception with Carey Price. I think Askarov can be as good as Carey Price. Uh, again, I haven't seen Askarov as much, but you know, when, when I do get a chance to see him, he's he's a stud. I mean, awesome. you know, I, I'm not going to uh, discredit his World Juniors performance. I mean, like keep in mind he was two years younger or a year younger, whatever it was, against his competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to see him this upcoming, you know, World Juniors. Uh, I want to see him and how he's going to perform. Uh, I think he can steal the show. I think the athletic ability for his size is remarkable. I mean, and the fact that he can make desperation saves, you know, one after another, and he's doing it now in the KHL and the the top league out in Russia is pretty remarkable. I think he is a top 10 pick and I wouldn't be surprised if he went fifth overall to Ottawa because Ottawa needs a goalie and you know, they have the third and fifth. I think they can, they have another late third round, or first round pick as well, I believe. 28. I would not be surprised if they went with the fifth overall pick and they decided to get Askarov. I think just the talent and the confidence that young man Askarov shows is next to none. So, man, that's why I would have him top 10. If you were uh, if you were the GM of one of those teams in that top ten, where where would you realistically start start taking him? Would you start it at five with Ottawa? If I'm at five, there's too many better better choices on offense. Okay, I uh, I would look at New Jersey. I, I say I would if I'm New Jersey, I'm going for uh, Askarov in a heartbeat. Even um, with Blackwood's breakout. I, I like Blackwood, but I don't think he's going to be their future. I, I think he's going to be steady for them. Um, and he's going to ride the uh, ride the waves of, you know, maybe a, a nice uh, sophomore uh, number one position season, right? Because I'm assuming he's going to be their guy next year. He's going to yeah. be playing 40, 50 games or whatever it will be. Uh, and But I, I think he's going to be a guy that, I don't know if he's got just the the capabilities or the, even the reliability to become their number one starter for years to come. I, and I think if you're in New Jersey, it, it's a it's a position where you can grab Askarov and it's settled. Like you have no doubts in the back of your mind. You you're gonna have your elite franchise goaltender for years to come, and you don't have to say well. I like Blackwood, but there's this that I don't like, and you know, or something like that. Interesting. I do like that. AJ, any other questions you have? If they're take the top three guys out of the conversation, who do you think becomes the best player from this draft class? Just gut gut feeling, the guy that you really, really love, the guy that you really believe in, the one that if you had to put money on it, you would say. Outside of the top three guys, this is the guy that I would say has is is my guy. Jamie Drysdale. Now I have him at fourth, so I mean he's just right out of it, but he's my guy. I think he's going to be a really special player. Um, 
but uh, that's the that's the guy I'd put my money on to become the best player in this draft class outside of those top three. I think he can actually even become better than Stutzel. All right. High praise for the defenseman in a in a forward heavy class. Uh, now I will also say, <laughs> Lucas Raymond would probably be my second one, and uh, but Drysdale, it's just always had uh, I've always had an eye and a special uh, take on him. So maybe even Perfetti outside the top five then. I think Perfetti will go. I think he goes outside of the top five. But, uh, you know, he's he's a case where he's not so much of a uh, higher risk pick, but I think he's got a little bit, you know, more uncertainties that he'll ne- he needs to clear up before he gets there as I look at some of the guys who are rated above him. I think some of the guys who are slotted above him are a little bit more well-rounded right now. And they don't have some little holes. Again, I'm going to say little holes because Perfetti's game is, you know, his skating is one area that scouts will be like, oh, he needs to improve on. But it's like, well, it's not a huge deal. Uh, you know, he's an undersized player. How much is that going to affect him? Well, it, it didn't affect him at all on the OHL. He can slide passes quickly with ease before he gets crushed along the boards or anything like that. So I, I just think, you know, there's there's little things that you have question marks with Perfetti, but that that's the only reason why I have some other guys ranked above him. Yeah, I think it's perfectly fair to make that case for Lucas Raymond, especially ahead of him. So hard to argue too much with that one. Um, yeah, I, I guess we're kind of winded down here, AJ, unless you got something left. No, I'm um, pretty good. I'm All excited right. to use your guys' draft simulator for uh, Friday. Yeah, should be excellent. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, go on over to Jared's website, draftprospecthockey.com. They have an amazing draft sim. If you want to run some sims and, and see who you end up with, you can use their thing. You can pretty much customize it to be however you want. You can send specific players to specific teams. You can even trade picks. So highly recommend it. Jared, anything else you want to plug, go for it. Uh, that's really it. Uh, also, the other thing I'll say about the draft simulator, we did um, uh, implement uh, Bob McKenzie's final rankings. So you can do, uh, you can switch it to use uh, Bob McKenzie's rankings instead of our rankings at Draft Pro. Uh, other than that, uh, you guys can uh, purchase our draft guide. It is available on our website for nine ninety nine uh, at draftprospectshockey.com. Or you can purchase a uh, physical copy on Amazon uh, through the Canadian Amazon or the American Amazon for any listeners. There you go. Right through Amazon. Make it easy for us. Of course, you can also follow Jared at JaredBrown97 on Twitter if you want to follow all of his stuff. Highly recommend that as well. Yeah. I guess that is it for today's show. So thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. And our final sponsor today is Chevalier Mortgage, one of our newest sponsors, but 
Very happy to have them in the family. Both Mike and Virginia have been doing this job for over 15 years, and they're diehard Broncos fans as well as DNVR members. So they're part of the family, even if they just joined us as sponsors. You can find them at www.dnvrmortgage.com or call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. That includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So when you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat and get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. That is it for today. We got a bunch more draft coverage coming for you across the rest of the week. So keep it locked in here as we start to narrow things down in what might be a bit of a crazy draft day. But we're out of here and we will talk to everybody tomorrow.